You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? I am about to step up on my soapbox for today's episode, you guys. Uh, I've got to preach something to you guys. I saw something that really ruffled my feathers on the worldwide interweb this morning, and I was like, yeah, nope, we need to bust this myth down right now because of the potential health consequences it can have specifically to us Americans who are very susceptible to high chronic stress and sleep deprivation. And don't worry, I'm going to tie this back to nutrition shortly. But before I do, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. I was looking on Instagram, reading some guy's highlights on his page, and it was an entrepreneur that I really, really, really admire. He is awesome. He's a CEO. He posts some good shit, as the young kids say. But he did post something that I disagreed with entirely. It was a video of Steve Harvey. So if you don't know who Steve Harvey is, he's an entrepreneur, he's a TV host, author. He hosts my favorite game show. I love the guy. He makes me cry tears. He's really hilarious. But he was on this stage preaching to an audience, which looked like from his show, that successful people don't sleep. Specifically, successful people don't sleep eight hours because that equivalates to one third of your life. And that is one third of your life you could be spending working harder and hustling. He starts to talk about how people who love napping and love sleeping aren't successful. And to be honest, I'm not really going to disagree with that because when I think of the people in my life who are always bragging about all the naps they take and sleeping in past 10 a.m., like, yeah, they're not killing it at life to say the least. But I don't think that we should be spreading the message that We should be depriving our body of adequate rest in order to work more. This is such an issue with Americans. We have this culture that just glamorizes the grind, the hustle. But really, when you look at the human body, yeah, we're designed to move. We're designed to get up and move our body and expend energy and do things. We're not supposed to be laying on a couch and sitting at a desk. But we're also designed to rest right? I mean, you can't argue that a lot of the magic happens when our bodies are sleeping and when we're resting. Our bodies are repairing breakdown, muscle tissue breakdown. It's helping us with digestion. It's helping with cell rejuvenation. It's decreasing inflammation. It's helping you heal from the stress you put yourself through just by living day to day. And so I'm like, why would we glamorize not resting to work more, to put our bodies under more stress, because you cannot argue the health consequences that start to pile up from chronic stress. And you might not see it when you're younger, but that shit adds up. I mean, that's if you get into this habit of not sleeping very much so you can work more when you're really young and that follows you into adulthood, 
that can really start to affect your quality of life. And so let's tie this back to nutrition because this is a quick episode. I'm not going to go into all of the negative side effects about chronic sleep deprivation, deprivation, but I want to talk about how it can affect your weight. I want to talk how it can affect your ability to regulate how much you're eating and your hunger and your cravings and the negative consequences that insufficient sleep can induce. So the recommended sleep duration for adults is about seven to nine hours per week. However, one in three American adults report sleeping less than seven hours per night, all right? And if you look at other cultures, it's pretty similar, including uh, Japan and Taiwan. They're sleeping less than seven to six hours per night too. So there are a lot of large-scale health implications that insufficient sleep can cause, and we really need to acknowledge that. It's not the most glamorous topic, but in these cultures where work and productivity is highly respected, we're missing out on the basic human physiological requirement of sleep. Let's start reviewing some of the changes that can occur after nights of insufficient sleep. The first off being people are hungrier. Can you see how these two variables can be a dangerous combination? Not only are people hungrier in general, but they have a higher tendency to reach for those high calorie foods and overeat those. So you're overeating high calorie foods that can put you at a greater risk for weight gain. On top of that, just to complicate the issue, the food reward message that we get when we're sleep deprived is a lot stronger. So this just means that value of food that our brain gets after we have something like a chocolate chip cookie is a lot more intense when we are sleep deprived, which could be associated with an increased intake of overall food, right? You eat the chocolate chip cookie, you get a positive response, you're hungry, you're having cravings, you keep eating to get that positive response. So instead of stopping at just one, you keep going and going. And that leads me into the next point that I find to be the most fascinating, which has to do with self-selected portion control when we are sleep deprived. I already know from working as a dietitian that most people have a lot of trouble with portion control and regulating portion control when they're trying to lose weight. So if you add sleep deprivation on top of this problem that so many Americans already have, even when they are well-rested, that is a recipe for trouble. The amount of energy people consume at an eating occasion or a meal is largely determined by not only the type of food that's there, but the amount of food selected or the portion size. So it's important to know that when people serve themselves, studies have seen over 90% of people are going to eat the entire portion that they choose themselves. Meaning if you are at a party and you put food on a plate from the potluck, there is a 90% chance you're going to finish all of it. The portion size that we choose for ourselves is influenced by what we expect will make us feel full, which also represents how filling that food is going to be. And it's also dependent on the memory of previous experiences with specific foods. Now, because insufficient sleep has been associated with poor performance on a variety of memory-related tasks, we might not be able to really accurately depict how much food is going to make us feel satiated, making it an increased chance of us overshooting how much food we actually need. So to put it in layman's terms there, 
we are at much higher risk of over-serving ourselves foods, especially when they're highly palatable, and there's a 90% chance that we're going to finish everything on that plate. Now, if you put all these layers together where you're hungry, you're not as able to portion control, you're having cravings, and your reward system is on fire from eating these palatable foods, those are four things that could very easily make you overeat. Now let's take a step back here. If you have one night every once in a while where you miss out on sleep because you're out living your life and you are enjoying yourself doing whatever it is that you're doing after midnight, I don't want to know, unless you want to tell me if it's juicy, then, you know, send me a DM, slide my DMs. (laughs) But otherwise, I don't know. I don't want to know what you're doing after midnight. But if you're up that late and the next day you overeat, fine. It was one time. But a lot of people are chronically under sleeping. They're not getting seven hours every night. They're getting five hours every night. And this over time is what adds up and causes problems. So here's some advice I have for you if you suspect that you are under sleeping and that you are sleep deprived. Take some time to write out your daily routines, specifically what you're doing in the morning and what you're doing at night, and see where can you easily tack on an extra 30 or 60 minutes of sleep. Don't overshoot what you can reasonably start to implement from your baseline. So if you're on average sleeping five hours per night, don't automatically try to get eight hours of sleep. That's just a lot and it's going to be hard to maintain. See where you can squeeze in an extra 30 minutes. Now this is a big one. If you're somebody who likes to get up at the crack of dawn to get your exercise in, more power to you, but you need to be going to bed earlier. You cannot be staying up until 11 o'clock at night and waking up at 4.30 to go work out. I, as a dietitian, if someone told me that, I would say, whoa, no, I would much rather you get that extra hour of sleep and miss your workout overall instead of depriving yourself of sleep to get some exercise in. Because if you are undersleeping, your body's under stress. Then if you go and work out, you're putting more stress on your body. Then you have the stress of everyday life. On top of that, your body's chronically stressed. How could it ever heal? How could it really reap the benefits of a good workout if it's too busy trying to repair stress instead of helping your muscles heal and grow and help you regulate your food intake? But I'm going to be really real with you guys. This is not most people's problems. Most people aren't missing out on sleep because they're getting up to work out. What honestly is getting people in trouble is that bedtime routine. Here's a scenario that you might be able to relate to that I see all the time. 8 or 9 p.m. rolls around, kids are finally asleep, you finally get to relax and wind down, and you want to maximize this time for yourself that you haven't had all day long, so you stretch it out until the wee hours of the night, meaning from 8 p.m. till 11 or midnight or 1 a.m. for some people, you are scrolling on your phone, checking on social media, watching TV, binging your favorite shows, doing all the things that you shouldn't be doing that late at night. And a lot of times people are snacking. So if you're sleep deprived and you're having cravings, snacking and watching TV seem to go hand in hand. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you are serious about being healthy and you're really wanting to lose weight, you can't skip out on sleep. You're going to have to sacrifice some things, including late night TV late night Twitter or whatever social media platform you're on. I know Twitter seems to get me because 
I just go down a rabbit hole of people arguing on the internet. It's quite entertaining. But you gotta exercise some self-discipline and pick a time when you turn off the screens and you go to bed. I know it's so hard for our squirrel brains to not be entertained 24-7 and falling asleep without the TV on might make you feel very intimidated especially if you're battling anxiety or you have insomnia and the idea of just being alone in a dark room makes you feel terrified. I get that. So here's a baby step I have for anybody who is overwhelmed with the idea of turning off the screen at a certain time. First step, set a self timer on your phone and TV and comply with it. So when it says, hey, 10 p.m. time for bed, exercise self-discipline and turn that baby off. But if you don't want to lay in silence, here are two options. Listen to something relaxing. I don't care if it's a podcast that doesn't stress you out. So no crime drunkies, okay? You can listen to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. You can listen to this one on repeat. This is a shameless plug. You could listen to a relaxing podcast or you can listen to relaxing sounds. You could listen to the ocean. You could listen to the beach. You could listen to whatever it is. If you're from New York City and you want to listen to traffic, there are so many different playlists on YouTube and Spotify that you can just turn on and fall asleep to. There's no problem. Or if that doesn't make you jump for joy, I would say read. Look at something that isn't bright. So no reading off your lit up Kindle or no reading off your phone. Read an old fashioned book or newspaper if anybody reads that anymore. Read something that doesn't flash light at your eyes. This is important because when your brain sees light, it registers daytime and it registers I should be awake. This is all part of your circadian rhythm. So you don't want to look at something that is flashing a lot of light at you and you want to keep your room dim. So you don't want to have any fluorescent lights on. I hope you don't have those in your bedroom anyway, but definitely keep the mood lighting moody. (laughs) You guys know what I'm saying, right? So I would say at least turn off the screens by a certain time that's going to help you reach your sleep goal. This is super important, you guys. This is something that we spend a lot of time educating our in-person coaching clients on. A lot of times we'll see people who are doing what they think is right. They're hitting all of the marks. They are eating a certain way. They are not stressed out. They're exercising. But then we look at their sleep and we start to draw links between their snacking and craving habits or their weekend consumption, and it all seems to make sense. And a lot of times, we won't even focus on the nutrition from the get-go. We'll start to mend those poor sleep habits. I hope you guys found this episode really inspiring. I hope that you're not up too late listening to this and that you will take this opportunity to give yourself the gift of rest, to give yourself the opportunity to get whatever amount of sleep is going to help you function optimally. And I hope you start paying attention to how this affects your cravings and your desire for food. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. 
For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real 